0: Good afternoon, good evening, and good morning, dear listeners from all around the world. This is Toby Usnick on The Caring Economy. Welcome back today. I'm thrilled to have my friend and colleague Karine Ragan, who is the vice president for talent and special products at LVMH. LVMH, most of you will know, is in fact the global luxury good leader with $63 billion in revenue in 2019. They have a stable of brands, which are the envy of the world, Seventy or more brands, which Karine and I will talk about today, from wines, fashion, beauty, jewelry, even media. So I would like to say bienvenue, uh, my friend Karine. Again, thank you. So thank much. you,
1: Toby. Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> I'm grateful to have you here, um, Karine. I know that our listeners all have been touched by your brands, um, whether they know it or not. And in, in today's conversation, we'll discuss some of those maisons or those brands that you have at LVMH. Um, But could you give us sort of a a overlying uh, sort of description of LVMH, um, sort of a 30,000 foot perspective on the brand, the conglomerate and its Maison or its brands?
1: Mm. LVMH is a luxury uh, leader uh, and it's present in about 65 countries right now. Um, We have um, more than 160,000 employees worldwide, Uh, I think right now we have uh, 175 nationalities within the group, uh, majority of women. I'm describing the group from an HR standpoint, because this is my my path and I'm really passionate about people. And by the way, our motto is people uh, make the difference. But yes, so uh, it was founded in uh, 1987. And, um, you know, I think what's interesting about RVMH is that, as you mentioned, most of the people um, know uh, some of the brands. uh, But what People don't know is that we have 75 maisons right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, the latest uh, found uh, maison that was founded uh, is Fenty um, with Rihanna, and which is an incredible uh, human story uh, and very much encored in uh, diversity and inclusion. And uh, the oldest one is in Wine and, and Spirit, and it's, uh, it's, it's a French one. So, uh, and it was seven centuries ago. So what's amazing um, within our Image is you have, you know, these 75 Maisons, all of them have a very specific heritage, mm-hmm. uh, culture, roots, um, and we are all in the same group. Um, so our role, especially in HR, is really to you know, build bridges and be, build platform. Mm-hmm. So we can have this, you know, learning platform communities internally to exchange and to to, well, to share practice and to be stronger. And by the way, over the past months, um, especially in the midst of the multiple crisis, the health crisis, uh, the social unrest, um, the racial unrest, and, you know, we really have all felt that we were part of a large group and of one group. Mm -hmm. And we have been helping and supporting each other a lot. Mm
0: -hmm. I'd like to come back to that concept of building bridges, Karine. And um, in particular, the bridge between a corporate function and then the stable of other Maisons. But before that, can you uh, maybe go through a, a sampling list with me of some of the wine, the wine and liquor brands, the fashion brands, the beauty, the jewelry and so forth. I know, for example, you know, Dom Perignon and Hennessy, Chateau de Quim for the wine. Um, Just to give our our listeners a a sampling of the great brands.
1: You mean to uh, to, to mention uh, the different brands?
0: Yes, yeah, across the categories of so fashion. Have- okay,
1: so uh basically in the US, everybody knows Louis Vuitton, Dior, Hennessy. Yeah. Um what people don't know is that Sephora is part of LVMH. Everybody knows Sephora, but yeah. <laughs> not everybody knows this is part of uh, of the group. Mm-hmm. Um I you know, I, I think in terms of uh fashion you will find brands such as Kenzo um loeve givanchy uh, Givenchy,
0: um,
1: L'Europiana, absolutely um and uh, same uh for perfume uh for perfume and cosmetic
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, you, where you have you know christian Dior, i mean all, all the, the these brands are reflected uh in the in the beauty industry as well uh then you have watches and jewelry yes. um with brands such as tacoyer Hublot, um and uh, also as you as you mentioned uh, we do have um you know another sector which is uh, more a media, but you have yacht uh, mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. um, and uh, and hospitality uh, with belmont yes um voila we we which uh, which was acquired a few a uh, few time ago. And um, in terms of wine and spirits, uh, the magical brands such as Moëté Chandon, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Veuve Clicquot, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh, Belvedere, um, and what is great about the US, I mean, once again, the US is the number one one market, the number one single market for LVMH. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the US, we have the chance to have both regional head office, but also some of our brands which have headquarters in the US. And the brands which have headquarters are Marc Jacobs, um, wow. Benefits. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's really, uh, I think it's really fascinating uh, to have some very American brand alongside with very French or very Italian brand. If you take Piana or Bulgari, they are very, very Italian. Um, so Ladies, voilà, that's mm-hmm. where we are.
0: We're with uh, Karine Raghun, who is the vice president of talent and special projects at LVMH. Um, you know, my mother was, she passed away many years ago, but my mom, Sally, she loved her Guerlain, and that was her perfume. She wore her whole life. So from my earliest memories, it was a, a label, a, a Maison that was represented our house here in the States.
1: Sorry, I did not mention Guerlain. Oh, please, to all my Guerlain colleagues for, to forgive me. But no, but this is a very, I, I love this story. Um, mm-hmm. Because actually, you know, first of all, most of the brands are, you know, quite old in a way that, that they are around for. Or more than you know, one or two centuries, and uh, and second, it's th- the br- our brands are really powerful, mm-hmm. and um, this power also gives us an additional responsibility um, when it comes to CSR. Uh, mm-hmm. voila, which is one of the the, the, the topic um, of, of the podcast. But I think you know when you have the power of the image. Um, we need to use this power in a meaningful way.
0: Yes, Um, that is the responsibility that comes with stewarding a great brand, it's one of them. Um, Mm -hmm. Why don't we jump right into that? um, And Maybe you want to give some examples of how philosophically that works at LVMH or how tactically that might work um, with stewarding a brand and doing it in as responsible a manner as possible.
1: I'm not sure I get your, your question.
0: So you're steering a great brand, whether it's Dior, or Givenchy, Chateau de Chem. uh, We would say in, in, in the states where the rubber meets the road, how does leading that brand also, uh, how do you do it in a responsible way? How do you bring, for example, uh, diversity and inclusion to a 200 plus year old brand that has been predominantly Western European throughout its life?
1: Okay. Okay. Yes. Uh, of course, that's a great question. Um, you know, before joining LVMH, uh, 13 years ago, I was a social worker, then a social entrepreneur. And I was working, I was providing support to uh, people with disability. Mm-hmm. And uh, LVMH was my client. And so I, when I entered LVMH, I really asked myself, you know, your question. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I mean, what what does that mean, you know, to enter this large company? uh, What is a CSR role uh, within this company? Is it just about communication? Or am I going to really be able to have an impact uh, Mm -hmm. and to have a social Mm -hmm. impact? Mm -hmm. And the reason why I joined and the reason why I'm still here is because it's totally compatible, actually. And um, I think in terms of you know, um, CSR action or DNI, um, the group has been accelerating uh, the mm-hmm. effort. Alors, some of the action are at group level, some of the action are at Maison level, but what is important is that you, the group is leading CSR, the group is leading DNI, which means that first, it's a strategic topic. Second, um, acting responsibly, it means starting from the needs, from the most vulnerable communities. So it's very much local as well. Uh, to understand, you know, in each countries uh, in which we operate, and for example, for North America, in each cities where we operate, like New York, Miami, San Francisco, which are the big hubs for us. Mm-hmm. And how do, we, um, how do we support, how do we enable vulnerable communities to be successful? And this is really what, what is driving me. Uh, because when you enable the most vulnerable to succeed when they rise, the whole world is rising.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's
1: the most important. And that's how we do uh, business with the right values.
0: Can you give us an example of maybe uh, uh, an initiative in the US uh, at the brand a Maison level or corporate of this? Yes,
1: sure. I, know, I think maybe one initiative um, that came out uh, during, at the beginning of the pandemic is a support to the health communities, mm-hmm. um, which meant, and still means actually, because we are still doing it, uh, that um, brands uh, such as Louis Vuitton have shifted their operation so they can you know, manufacture, produce, uh, and donate uh, masks mm-hmm. um, and, and, and other supplies. Same for the Woodinville. Um, a manufacturer uh, in Washington who has been producing hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so part of it was product. Uh, part of it was also to support the, the, the health community by, you know, multiple donations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that has been, of course, uh, you know, a huge priorities uh, over the, the months. And I think, you know, um, the way the group and the brands have been doing it, is, first of all, they have been very local, once again. Mm-hmm. Um, and some companies even ask their employees to, to recommend some organization, some nonprofit where they can donate. So I think this is extremely important to be, to be relevant, to be very mm-hmm. local and to start with the employee. Yes. And, um, and second, they have um, prioritized um, to the organization where they have long-term partnerships. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's very important as well to be, you know, to be agile enough to react during the crisis, but also to be able to frame, you know, a long-term CSR perspective mm-hmm. um, that you can that you can follow up. And you know, oops, yes, sorry. sure, go ahead. No, no, sure.
0: No, thank you. You remind me uh, when I was researching for today's interview. I also did recall when the pandemic still just was beginning. LVMH really pivoted quickly to start to with the perfume business to make sanitizers. And I saw, I was amazed to see that uh, there was 12 tons of sanitizers uh, made and donated to the hospitals and uh, um, caregivers in Paris alone. So um, to... does that continue now? Or do you know, have you, are you starting to get back to business and and no,
1: it, it continues. Huh? Um, Louis Vuitton just announced uh, last week that they were, you know, still manufacturing and donating um, over uh, one hundred thousand masks uh, to different uh, yeah. local organizations in need. Uh, that continue. I mean, if you take Hennessy with an unfinished business, um, which is about supporting the small businesses, mm-hmm. and out of them, a majority of um, minorities own businesses um it's a long-term action i mean yeah. it's uh, it started i think it started in july but uh, it's uh, it's still on
0: um so that's fascinating so hennessy is focusing on the um the job preservation or creation in response to covid is that correct
1: yes well uh the, the small businesses and um, you know uh, our partner uh, for our wine and spirit uh, brand. Okay. So uh, that, that's, I mean, once again, to your point, I think each brand defines its own CSR roadmap
0: mm-hmm.
1: based on its DNA mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and what the brand can bring and what the brand ecosystem uh, yeah. of suppliers, uh, clients, employees. And, and that's very important as well. And, you know, the way, um, so for North America, um, the way we are running uh, the CSR action, we always ensure that there is a connection between the employee and the community we serve. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not only about, you know, giving money or giving time. It's really about, you know, having this genuine connection. Um, and, And that's super important because we really want to be um, transformative.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, when you connect um, with communities, when you get to know people, when you have this human to human discussion, mm-hmm. uh, it is transforming both way, both groups. Yes. And uh, it's also a way to, you know, first of all, be more aware Mm -hmm. Uh, about our own bias, being more aware about, you know, what's going on in the country, uh, in the city where we are operating, and to, and to be part of, you know, to be part of the change, and to, and really be sure that we, we add value um, in a relevant way.
0: Um, Well, there are two things I really like about that in particular. One is it sounds to me like you're in the relationship business, right? Like you, you're not going to just write a check and leave, you're in it for the long term across time with your stakeholders.
1: That's exactly, yes, that's exactly uh, what we are. And that's why, you know, a lot of action um, are involving um, Mm. self-esteem, you know, working on self-esteem and self-confidence. For example, last Friday, um, we had a workshop with the United Way of New York City, and the coalition for the homeless mm-hmm. uh, for 15 women re-entering the workforce. Some of them were, you know, in a very um, delicate uh, situation. Uh, some of them uh, were domestic violence survivors, mm. and um, so each of our volunteers were paired uh, with these women. And uh, the workshop was about, um, you know, mock interview. Resume, uh, review. But at the end of the day, it's all about self esteem. It's all about giving back this self esteem uh, mm-hmm. to these talented women because they are talented. Um, and um, and, and that's, I think that's something that, you know, in luxury, we have the legitimacy to do that. Because if you think about it, luxury, it's all about, you know, luxury is one of the objectives, one of the raison d'etre of luxury mm-hmm. is to give people. Um, to to make people feel good about themselves, yeah. uh, so that's something we absolutely um, um, want to to give back, and also um, I think the connection with our talent. We have incredible talent internally, so I think it's also a way to you know share expertise, share energy, and and to and to strive uh, yeah. all together. But uh, the human piece is super important in CSR. and most importantly. We don't want to externalize the CSR, you know, like to, okay, uh, say, okay, this is, you know, the job of the nonprofit or or the job of, you know, public uh, institution to do it. We want to be part of the solution and our employees want to be part of the solution. And what I can tell you, and what I've, I've been working in CSR for 20 years, but what's changing right now is that everyone is passionate about it. And in the midst of the crisis where, you know, employees were having, everyone was facing a very challenging time. Everyone wanted to help as well. Yes. Uh, So I think, you know, the level of awareness or, um, you know, uh, solidarity, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever we call it, but this level, you know, this feeling that we are all interconnected and we have to support each other, I feel it's very strong right now. And it, it, I mean, it's fantastic from you know, a, a corporation perspective, because we, um, we, we can really be part of the, of the change. And I've never seen so much focus on CSR right now.
0: Yes, I, I think that is my observation as well. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, again, we're with Karine Ragan, who is the Vice President of Talent and Special Projects at LVMH, the $63 billion luxury good leader. Karine, the second point about your CSR that you shared that I really like is that at the brand level, the maison level, it's an expression of their DNA, which is what I've written about in the caring economy. There is so much CSR that's done that's just bolted on or not necessarily an expression of the DNA. I've written about, for example, Ford doing breast cancer, which is noble, but it doesn't really get to the DNA of an auto manufacturer. But what you just shared with NSE and working at the local level with small businesses is spot on, it's a great example. Um, I want to ask about you. We always wanna hear from our really accomplished leaders in business, um, how, they, how they made their professional journey, how they got where they are now. And um, so if you could give us a, a quick journey of your career and sort of the pivots that you've made. You started as a social worker, which is fascinating. Um, can you give us a little overview of your life and why you're now so involved with CSR at LVMV?
1: With pleasure. First of all, I, you know, I had the feeling that I'm not accomplished at all. <laughs> and actually, you know, especially over the past months, I really feel that I have so much to learn. Yeah. Uh, and, and the past months uh, for me have been incredible because, you know, living in crisis in foreign countries, I've been in the US for one year and a half, I've really, I've been listening deeply. Um, I've been listening very deeply. I've been, you know, trying to understand um, what, what, you know, the situation is, what, uh, what the social and the racial unrest mean. Um, and um, I never feel, First of all, I see the world differently um, and and second, I really feel that I have so much to learn and um, it, it's, it, it's a very particular time for me. It's, a, it's really a learning time. It's a time where I feel, you know, very vulnerable and um, and, and I don't feel like you know, I used to present myself saying, you know, I have an expertise in PNI and an expertise in HR and I don't feel that I have any expertise. Um, because everything is changing and I feel that, you know, sometimes I'm, you know, I might have missed uh, a lot of, you know, different experiences that now I see. So, voila. so this being said, <laughs> I've been in the HR function for 25 years and um, for me, I mean, my passion and, and my job has always been to uh, uh, enable people to shape their own destiny. Um, that's what I'm really passionate about. Okay. And I've done it in, in the social sector. Mm-hmm. And then um, I created uh, a social startup uh, mm-hmm. for once again, for disabled people to connect with, with the marketplace. And within RVMH, I've started in CSR and um, then I moved to more traditional HR position.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've worked a lot on developing future leaders Uh, I've been creating uh, a couple of leadership programs, especially for women, which is another topic we can talk about. (laughs) I'm a gender equality advocate for a long time. And, uh, um, three years ago, I moved at Christian Dior, where I was leading talent management worldwide. And, um, since one year and a half, I'm here in North America, based in New York. Part of you know the, the regional HR team and um, i I oversee talent management uh, NCSR. Mm-hmm. so uh, which which i 'm really passionate about because it 's all about providing support and uh, and guidance uh, to the brands and once again we have very you know we have a large diversity of brands and people and you know what keeps me engaged in my in my role is uh, to have the feeling that um, career is much more than a career. I think career can really be a way for to be completely empowered. Uh, and, and I really see my role as, you know, not designing career paths, but really equipping people um, equipping talent, equipping HR, I mean, business leader. so we, we can make a choice uh, and um, empowerment is really important for me, you right. know, and, and making sure that we are giving the same opportunity. We, as, we are giving as much opportunity yes. um, to, to all talents and then it's up to the person to decide to take on these opportunities yes. or not.
0: You know, that's consistent with this concept of late with George Floyd's murder and social justice about sharing one's privilege. Um, and like you, I do think of what, how we're living our lives. Is, a career is much more than a vocation or a job. Um, I also suspect for you, Karine, uh, as for me, retirement's not something I even contemplate. <laughs> I think that we will keep on going, doing what we're doing in the ways we're doing it until we no longer do it.
1: It's more. voila, we have more than sure We have a purpose, but really.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. We have, we, have a, we have a purpose. So and, I, and you know, all my energy is coming uh, from the people, from the connection with the people, even in virtual. <laughs> I think we can be very socially connected virtually. And by the way, actually, we have, you know, something amazing happened during the, the pandemic us. is that we have been working so much um regionally like with our colleagues in Canada, uh between the West Coast and the East Coast, where traditionally we were not so connected. So yeah. yes, I mean connection with people is, is super important.
0: Yes, and I think the technology and the digital literacy that's increased is actually giving sharing more power in a sense or, or giving more voices a place at the table than maybe would have been in the past. So um, let me ask you a question about leadership, which to me is the key to all the successful CSR or any organization. Um, I I wonder in your career, uh, when you seek out leaders to recruit or retain or to develop, um, what what's changed in, in leadership uh, recruitment, retention, development, or conversely, what has not? Is it? pretty much the same thing you've always been looking for? Is it a gut check? Is it a, oh, they know social media kind of thing? Or, or can you opine uh, a little bit about trends in, in leadership development? I
1: love your question because that's, um, I mean, right now, I think this is really a time for uh, compassionate leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the question is, what is compassionate leadership? Yeah. Uh, you know, how do we define it? How do we make it tangible? And I tend to think that it's a, you know, it's a combination of um, what are being emotionally and rationally connected uh, yeah. Yeah. to people. Mm-hmm. And um, but this compassionate leadership is super important uh, because I believe that, you know, we are in a crisis mode. And I, I, sadly, I think that we will be more and more in a crisis mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for many reasons, um, you know, it can be the economy, mm-hmm. but can be, you know, the climate change. Um, and, uh, and so, I mean, if we want to do something good uh, and, and, you know, be a real leader and lead teams in yep. that time where, you know, we don't know what will be next month, yep. I think we need leaders who are truly connected and who have this, this level of compassion. And this can be learned. Um, I, I don't think this is innate, you know. And i actually I always think that you know potential and leadership can be developed. Mm-hmm. Um, we we and and um, especially I think reflecting uh, on on ourselves and debriefing with the team. Uh, I really believe in debriefing. Um, I think you know after a crisis, mm-hmm. debriefing. Debriefing? Well, debriefing. Um, you know, after any crisis, mm-hmm. um, we should be debriefing. Yep. Um, and, and sometimes that's a step that we forget uh, because we want to. You know, we're out of the crisis. So we, we are, you know, coming back to, to the new normal. And, uh, and I think this is where we can learn to be more connected to people's emotion and to our own emotion yeah. is to debrief and to learn.
0: And it also opens up your talent pool right if you're looking for empathetic leadership that doesn't necessarily require that you look only in um, a pool of people who are from the fashion world or retail you yourself came from social work right
1: so yes absolutely i mean traditionally we we always recruited people from different sectors mm-hmm. um and um actually yeah I, I think that right now um, what we need is people who first of all are connected to the local market mm-hmm. um, so who know i mean for for retail and sales, for example people who know who know our clients and our clients are more and more local and they will be more and more local so people who have really this connection, this cultural connection yes. um, and and then People who have the ability to learn and to be super flexible. What Mm -hmm. we have witnessed uh, over the past months is that the teams have changed, the jobs have completely changed. Uh, It has, I mean, in a way, it has been a fantastic learning opportunity. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the skills that people have gained are huge. Uh, I mean, they have done things that they, they could not imagine. Yeah. Um, they would have done, well, last year. Um, yeah. So I think it's a great illustration as well about, you know, the, the talent uh, of, our, of our team. Yes.
0: Well, so yes, to
1: your point, we don't need, I mean, that's very important. We, we are not seeking only for people who have this luxury experience. I think what is really important is to have the curiosity mm-hmm. uh, for luxury. Uh, the curiosity, because for sure, to understand and how a brand our brands are mostly European, Mm -hmm. can operate and be successful in the US market. You need to know the US market, but also to have the curiosity to understand the historic European roots of the brand, of Mm -hmm. the DNA. So it's it's really this agility that is true today, that was true before the crisis. So to your point, that remains true.
0: Constant. uh, ladies and gentlemen, again, we're with Karim Ragan, who is the Vice President of Talent and Special Projects at Luxury Conglomerate, LVMH. Uh, you had anticipated my second question on leadership, Karim, because I was going to ask you, can it be learned or is it one born with it? And I'm with you. I think that it can be uh, brought out or cultivated in folks. And so I'm glad to hear that. Um, here on the caring economy, we we tend to uh, both engage with leaders, C-suite executives in uh, in major global brands. They're making decisions real time about business um, and CSR, but we also have a lot of younger listeners. So I'm really grateful that you shared with us, Karine, this concept of be curious and and seek out uh, knowledge about these different issues and trends, because that's going to be highly desirable to a recruiter such as yourself or a big brand at LVMH. Um, we're, we're winding down on time. I, I, I had one last question for you. I don't know if it still exists. Um, I know from my research you have it had historically at uh, LVMH, the Journée Particulière. I guess every yes. few years you open up and welcome people inside your houses or homes or maisons. Yes. Um, is that mm-hmm. still on? Which is now? a great
1: way to, to be curious. And yes, it's, exactly. it's in every country. I mean, at least in the US, um, the, the doors were open as well.
0: Yeah, please describe it for our uh, listeners on The Caring Economy. The journée in particular, the specific days. What is it?
1: Well, the specific days, uh, it's, it's just it's complicated for me to speak about it because I, I really don't know when will be the next session. And as you can imagine, <laughs> it's, uh, well, it can be challenging. But what I can tell you is what actually we are building uh, based on this concept here in the U.S. is to have a very Im- immersive experience. Uh, is to have experience about you know one day with or you know one job and what is behind the brand mm-hmm. what is behind the function and and that was the concept of the journée particulière was really to open all these places and to features and to showcase the savoir faire uh, the expertise um, in particular for um, hand, hand um, craftsmanship and uh, and to open it to everyone so mm-hmm. everyone could um, you know book a reservation and 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 have a tour uh, sure. of yeah voila, of all this emblematic and and we are really trying to to work on this and and i mean once again more from, from a career perspective but to you know to to give access uh, to everyone uh, mm-hmm. to what's behind you know who is behind the product Yes. How does that does that work? You know how long does it uh, does it take? And when you see the expertise and and how long it takes to uh, manufacture a bag and uh, or a, jer- a piece of jewelry, or and you, you see the product very very differently. And uh, and I mean that's also part of the CSR because you know one of the pillar of the CSR is what we call savoir faire, mm-hmm. uh, which is really about you know. Offering training and making sure that this expertise is sustainable. And um, this can only be learned within the company, within yeah. the brand, uh, not at school. So,
0: yes, that's and very not important. Not a, yes, and it's not a digital solution, right? Craftsmanship requires human people doing things. So,
1: yes. I love yes. that
0: approach for two reasons. One, it really underscores this concept of transparency, right? Like, come into our homes, our maison, and see how we do it. And two, with young people, it really does have the potential to spark interest in something such that a young person might go to a, a maison one of these days and see how a watch is made or wine is, yes. is made. And then they'll think, wow, I, I would like to do that or I want to learn more. So to be able to spark interest, that curiosity in a young person, awesome.
1: Exactly. And it's excellence for everyone. That's very important. Okay. Exactly. To be, uh, we, well, uh, we can be uh, exclusive uh, and be inclusive. So it's for Amen. everyone.
0: Amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank Karine Rajan, who is the Vice President of Talent and Special Projects at LVMH, the $63 billion global luxury good leader. Karine, thank you so much for joining us on the Caring Economy. Best luck of luck to you, and we hope to have you back in the coming months.
1: Thank you Toby, my pleasure.